Welcome to a Pro 16 Plus funding podcast on the 16 to 19 bursary um, for academic year 2021. We have seen that the actual bursary methodology has changed and it has had quite a lot of impact on funding that individual schools will be receiving. So I thought it would be worthwhile just running through the actual bursary allocation process uh, and a bit of background on the bursary itself. This is not about actually developing your bursary policy. It is an explanation of why you have got the amount of money that you have got and why it has changed uh, since last year, why why the basis for delivering it has changed since last year. So let's run with a a quick background of of how the bursary came about. Um, It was introduced to replace EMA in 2011-12 academic year. Basically, when the coalition government came to power there was a massive emphasis on cutting costs and uh, basically 16 to 19 bursary was a poor person's um, version of EMA a lot less funding for the individual student instead of the the funding coming directly from the LSC, as it was then, via their EMA specialist unit who paid the student direct. The money was given to schools. Schools developed their own policy for the bursary and handed the, the directly to their students. Uh, so effectively, it was central government and DF, DfE taking a, a step away from the delivery and administration of bursary and placing the responsibility firmly in the hands of schools themselves to look at how they hand the money, deliver it, um, and be accountable for it. Pretty much the, the standard sort of approach. So so let's have a look at, at what that, that meant. Um, the decision was made fairly late to do this, uh, and they had to cobble together a process on the hoof. I think I'm being kind here when I say cobble together a process on the hoof. Um, basically what, what they did was they said, OK, we'll look at the 2009... EMA data. Um, we'll look at the number of learners that each school had in the upper band that, that were receiving at that stage, 30, 30 pounds per week. We'll work that out as a proportion of their overall learners in academic year 2009-10. And what we'll say is this is the amount of money that they get based on, based on that. Um, so it was very much a a crude and quick method of delivering a small amount of money uh, in a relatively simple way for DFE to calculate how much you were going to get. Problem being now, as we are coming towards the end of academic year 1920, we're looking at data which is based on 2009. Um, it's based on a proportion of learners that you had in 2009 with, with the with the, the upper range of EMA. So it's very old and very tired data. Um, there's been significant local changes. We, we've seen people, entire new housing estates developed. The nature of a cohort has changed over time. And we've also seen a lot of new institutions come into play. Uh, the UTCs, the free schools, people have introduced new sixth forms in that time period. And they've had to be done on effectively what are local authority averages to, to actually create a cobbled together bursary funding. So over over time, it's become increasingly out of step 
and ESFA have, as they are now, YPLA as they were before, um, have attempted various approaches to update it, but have on several occasions given up because the, it created massive volatility. Uh, but increasingly, as the data has become older and older, we have a situation whereby um, it is not it's not been good enough to to go forward um so the pressure has really come on to make a change and that's the the background for the change so in february march 2019 they launched a consultation um and decided on a new approach which they've taken into to place and you actually see the impact of this in your allocation statements which came through uh, last month or sorry in february 2020 and if you're a maintained school you'll find that in table four which will be on about page four or five of your allocation statement and if you're an academy it will be table five again on page four or five of your 16 to 19 uh, allocation statement so if we look at the way it's being calculated the way, the way they've they've worked at it um they, they've put together a couple of elements and effectively element one is based on the learner's postcode which is linked to the indices of multiple deprivation 2015 um, which is a similar approach to what they have used for disadvantage within the main formula but instead of giving a, an individual uh, uplift for a, a lower super output area or, or a postcode what they've done is they've grouped the lower super output areas from the postcodes into into actual sections so effectively if you are in in the most deprived nine percent of low super outputs in the country every learn from there will attract one instance if you are between nine and eighteen it will attract 0.8 instances and if you're between eighteen and twenty seven it will impact in attract 0.6 instances and if you're above the the most deprived 27% low superabit areas, you get no increases. And you, you actually see this within your allocation toolkit. One of the things that we have to bear in mind here is that for your 2021 allocation, the data they're using are the learners who are with you in academic year 18-19, that is to say those that were with you on the October 18 census. So when you have learners coming on board in September 20, the bursary funding you've got is actually based on the learners who were with you in October 18. So most of those learners have already gone and departed. So once they've got the number of instances, they total the total number of instances, the number of funded learners that you had in 2018, and that gives you the instances per student, they then apply that to the number of learners that you had in October 19, and that gives you the amount of funding that you have in terms of the element one block. Um, and I say all the individuals that are impacted in there, where they are and how much uplift, that's actually detailed in the allocation calculation toolkit. Element two is around travel distance. It's based on the 60% most deprived um, indices of multiple deprivation. Uh, the maximum value per student is one um, and it's based on the, the distance that they, they travel. Um, it, it works in two ways. If the area that the learner comes from is described as rural, 
you get an uplift of 0.5 instances. So anybody from a rural area in the 60% most deprived is worth half, half an instance. Um, then what they do is they take the straight line distance from the school, or actually where the delivery is taking place, which is normally the, the main office of the, the school, they take that to the learner's postcode. So if you're coming from over 20 kilometres away, you'll get 0.5. So, so to get one instance, you need to be over 20 kilometres away and in a rural area to get a, a full instance per learner. If you're between 10 and 20 kilometres, you get 0.333. If you are between 3 and 10 kilometres, you get 0.167. And if you are under 3 kilometres, you get nothing. Um, if the learner lives in the London Travel to Learn area, uh, the uh, instances are halved. So effectively what they're saying is it is cheaper to travel in London because of the, the underground and the connected system. So you, you get a, a greater distance there. Um there's an element 2B which which relates to T levels. So at this stage, we will we will ignore that and say that that is not going to be a factor for most schools going forward. So effectively, that that is where we are. Um, and in your breakdown, the first couple of lines of your actual um, allocation statement around the, the relevant table are how your actual calculated allocation is is made up and it will tell you how much you got for element 1a and how much you've got for element 2a and how much for element 2b so that that gives you the, the total calculated figure um, that then is what you would get if the new methodology was being implemented straight away but what ESFA have said is, because of the volatility, because of the way it is, they don't want people to have too great an increase or too massive a reduction. So what they have done is they have looked at the bursary that you got in 1920, uh, not adjusted for number changes in 2021, and said, if you have a reduction, you will only suffer a 25% reduction. Um from that baseline if you have an increase you only get a 25 percent increase from the baseline in that first year in 21 22 um if you're in 20 when we move to uh, sorry in 2021 when you move to 21 22 you will only suffer a maximum of a 50 percent reduction or a 50 percent increase in 22 23 you will have this up to a 75 percent reduction and up to 175 percent increase and then by 24-25, you'll have the full implementation. If your figures already fall below that 25% reduction or increase in that first year, then you'll get the full amount and that will, will continue through. So again, one of the things that you need to do when you look at that is, what is the difference? What is the percentage change? How is that likely to impact us in years going forward? Um, It, it doesn't sound too much of a change, but when you see some of the, the impacts that, that we have on, on this, um, we have seen changes which have been as much as a 97% drop in the bursary. Uh, one particular sixth form that was having around 50-odd thousand pounds is going to drop 
over the, that four-year period to about £1,500. We've also seen another one that's got a 150% rise because actually the cohort they've got is far more deprived than, than when they were based on local averages. So as you can see, because of the volatility that there is, people are going to have major issues going forward because they're going to have to review their bursary policy in line with the new allocation they're going to get and the trajectory of the allocation because it will be pretty pointless going forward to set a new policy for this year then have to review it again and review it again and review it again. It, it may be that you set a, a policy framework and you end up with a, a sliding scale of payments which are reducing or increasing over the next three or four years to account for the changes that have taken place. And one of the things that you're going to have to be aware of going forward each year is when you do the census, what the likely impacts are. Are the learners that you are pulling in significantly different from previous years? Because this could have a significant impact on your bursary going forward. Um, it's a very, very difficult time. And I actually see as we enter the, the COVID crisis and people start to return to school in September... People will have, ha have faced short-term major financial disruptions within the family and the bursary policy is going to have to support them through those first few months. And some schools are going to be faced with that with, with a 25% reduction from this year's figure. And that's going to create real hardships and real headaches for leaders within the sixth form. So I know people are thinking at the moment about how they're going to set up their sixth form for next year one of the things you have to look at is where are we in terms of bursary where are we going to do and what can we do so just something to think about i say this is the first of a series of podcasts we would normally be going out on the road doing our workshops in schools we think with the the impacts of the virus schools are probably not going to be available and not going to want us around therefore this is why we're putting this out now and our idea is that going forward we will deliver podcasts lift lasting ideally no more than 30 minutes which will cover each section of the funding process and give people a chance to take bite-sized views of where we are and hopefully realize that you know we might not be <laughs> we might not have all the knowledge that we we need and possibly you want to ask us to come on board and assist you with the, getting your funding right and assisting you with managing the data in a way that means you develop optimum funding. I hope you found this useful. Um, hope to get another one out very, very shortly, probably towards the end of this week, uh, looking at the, the basis of the new funding allocation statement um, and assisting people understanding that we'll then move on to um, the funding regulations for next year and how they will impact and the things you, that you should be doing to generate optimum funding if you have any queries queries or questions please don't hesitate to get in touch with me the email address is paul at pro 16 that's p-r-o-1-6 p-l-u-s pro 16 plus dot com Paul at pro16plus.com. Thank you.